Okay, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Bet Online, our exclusive wagering partner. Bet Online, of course, where you get all your action on NFL football, NBA basketball, about to get started up in the coming weeks here. And Bet Online AG is the place you want to go. More options to wager than anywhere else online. So, online today, take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the code CLNS50 when you go to betonline.ag. Once again, betonline.ag, code CLNS50 to get you 50% off your initial deposit. Are we live? We are live. Celtics postgame show. Bobby Manning, Josue Pavone, and Jimmy Toscano here on a Friday night. Friday night. It's, it's weird. Yeah, she doesn't won. it feel weird having a little more positive of a show? You know, some good takeaways from this one. This is a good show for me to host, really. <laughs> we got a Friday night victory. Talk about yeah. a sigh of relief, man. Like, the way that game started, I'm like, so this don't, you're not doing this tonight, are you? Don't do this tonight. <laughs> we have a rare Friday night victory. I don't know if the stats back that up, but it feels like forever since we've just been able to sort of just, like, take a sigh of, like, a breath here and just say, all right, you know, the work week's over. You know, we got a Celtics game, and it didn't actually suck. So I'm going into the weekend, you know, maybe, like, a good vibe. You know, I might meet a couple girls tomorrow feeling good. Like, Celtics are, you know, <laughs> making yeah, the show. You know, we're we're gonna pull that in. I know you weren't feeling good when they were they were down 14, four minutes of the game. It's like, geez, like, how is this? I was oh, Lord. I, I was, how did it happen that quickly? <laughs> Bob, how did it happen that quickly, man? Well, they just came out and got hit, didn't rotate defensively. All the stuff we've talked about. Who it, it is Who hit them? So threes, uh, though, Bobby. Those, those, threes. those Miles Turner threes. <laughs> yeah, and they had one inside. He had 9-18 early on. So, yeah, it was a fast start for him. Aaron Holiday hit them a little bit. It wasn't a great night for the Celtics defense all around. But, man, all the yeah. questions about the offense – all the stuff they talked about all day since yesterday, the ball movement, the hockey assists, that kind of stuff, it all came into play here. And with all this talk of them tuning out Stevens and you know getting dis- disenchanted with the game plans and that kind of stuff, they were pretty committed to what they wanted to do here when it came to second-level attacks and uh, just ball movement as a whole. Yeah, they didn't panic, right, guys? They didn't do the uh... – Oh crap! We're down fourteen. So let's just keep feeding Tatum and Brown and hope that they save the game. Like that—that that wasn't the 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 approach. You know, in the in the beginning, I talk about that fourteen-point lead that they're you know that the Pacers ran off with to start. But again, the Celtics didn't revert to being their old selves. And and you know what? I, I like obviously what we saw from Daniel Tice as a whole, but I also like the fact that uh, Kimball Walker and I'm sure we'll, we'll talk a whole lot about his game overall. But he there's a lot of instances where he looks for Daniel Tice and he and he's you know looking to him in a sense where it's like look I trust you you know you're a key part of this of this of this uh lineup of this you know I need you to be open at times and he was and and he wasn't hesitant to to give that give him the ball and I think the beginning to to start off like that really set a tone for Daniel Tice on both ends you know obviously he knows how important he has to be for the for the defensive side of things and he was that it was a three blocks tonight you know just really uh, anchoring that defense, you know, roaming around the paint, but also on offense, you know, he's not hesitant. There was there were a couple of instances where he didn't do the pump fake. He didn't, you know, dribble, you know, he just went up and shot it, whether it was that huge three or, or dagger three towards the end, or whether we're talking about those uh, um, layups down 
low where he he it's it's easily contested, but you know, if he's just one step quicker and if he doesn't hesitate, that he's gonna get that layup more to not. And we saw that a lot throughout this game. So I think you know to I, I have to mention I got to start off with talking about Daniel Tice because obviously we'll get into the, the the meat of what what happened for the Celtics win, the 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 top three things that happened that really pushed this team to win this game. But I had to give a shout out to Daniel Tice because I think he's a key part of the starting lineup, and so is that confidence. And he and, and you know we've been talking about it the last couple of games. But he really showed out tonight for sure, like for, for all four quarters. Yeah, one shout word. out to Daniel Tice. Best best Celtics big, Jimmy. Okay, best one word big. one word that came to mind when Daniel Tice hit that three in the fourth quarter. Stunning. Oh crap. I, I was stunned. <laughs> no, yeah. it was the yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. You guys yeah. are doing the no, 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 no. <laughs> there were a few words that yeah. came to mind as the shot was going up, but I was just stunned that it went down. Bobby, you said it before he went on. It might have been the biggest shot of, of his career. I mean, yeah, it's, it's up there. Big. I mean, obviously, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a regular season game and whatnot. He's missed a lot of big ones. That's a, that's why you were saying no, no, no there. He's missed right. a lot of big ones. He he yes. had been called for a couple of fouls, like, right before then. You know, I thought where, you know, one of them was a stupid foul on his part. The other one, I didn't think he fouled them um, right under the basket there. That was kind of a BS call. But it is tight, so it, so it is what it is. Joe Sway, you said one thing uh, when you started tonight that, you said the Celtics didn't revert to their old self. However, there was one player who did revert to his old self, and that mm. is Kemba Walker, the player who needed to revert to his old self. Because his, his, old, his old old self, that's right. His old, old self. What I said a couple <laughs> shows ago was that Kemba Walker needs to be Kemba Walker. Stop trying to make Kemba Walker somebody else. You don't sign Kemba Walker to turn him into Lonzo Ball or turn him into some point guard that you know can't shoot or won't shoot and is only right. relying on you know dishing the ball to other players who by the way are in the middle of a of a serious struggle some of them i won't name names jason tatum um kemba walker needs to take the reins and be kemba walker and i thought that's exactly what he did tonight he looked comfortable out there as he has been the shots were falling and that's why i apologized last week or earlier i forget when i actually did it, it was a few games ago i said listen Hand up, apology cam, hit me with it because he looks like physically <laughs> looks he looks like he looks like Kemba Walker. And then he struggled, you know, the next game, obviously, and everyone was saying, you know, you shouldn't have apologized. I apologize because health health wise, physically, he looks great out there. And the production like it did tonight was just a matter of time before it comes more consistently. That's been his, his issue, right? Is consistency with the shot and comfortability with the shot. Not physically, he looks good. Yeah, and I'll throw it to you, Joe Sway, in a sec, but I was looking at the numbers on Kemba coming into this because, of course, they're losing every game he sits, and I think it's now four or five straight that when he's on those back-to-backs, they've lost, and they've looked awful in those games, whether it be the Wednesday last week against the Hawks or the Wednesday this week against the Hawks again. <laughs> so uh, they need him pretty definitively just for the scoring, and this is what Joe Sway and I said when – you know, John was kind of going off the rails about him and his health and all that stuff. Even if he wasn't his most efficient self, you need those points. You need the aggression. You need the threat. And that manifested itself in a way to where he could use his gravity tonight to really get the ball popping, get the ball moving. I said that the other day. Like, that he either needs to do two things right now as a player. Um, you know, become more of a versatile off-ball attacker, which he didn't need to do tonight because he was so great on the ball. And if he's going to be on the ball like that, use his scoring to get others open. And who 
through the game-winning assist to Daniel Tice, Kemba Walker in the lane. I mean, he had a phenomenal passing game. Six assists doesn't pop off the sheet, but it was second-level attacks, him and Tatum working off each other. Like, the whole team just had a great plan for getting the ball moving today, and uh, kudos to him for hitting those shots. What what do you see from Kemba today, Josue? Yeah, no, you you, you pretty much nailed it there. But also, you know, it reminds everyone of how unique he is in that role, right? Like, yeah, we, we, we give so much props to, uh, you know, the rookie Peyton Pritchard for being able to distribute, you know, we, we trust him when he's out there and, you know, there, there's you know, Jason Tatum, you know, he can be a little bit of a facilitator as well, you know, obviously in his own right, but Kemba has that flexibility of being able to attack, you know, obviously he has that flexibility that he can stop on a dime and pull up, you know, he, he just keeps defenses on their heels when he's, you know, attacking like this and when he's efficient, you know, attacking the rim, getting to the free throw line, that's what makes him so efficient. That's what makes him so effective. He doesn't have to go out there and, and score 32 points a night like he used to when he was with the you know Charlotte Hornets because obviously he has other other weapons and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So I just think when he's out there, you know, scoring like this, sure, it's it's obviously a good thing for the Celtics. They need a whole lot of that. But his facilitating is equals equally as important for this team because when he's getting other guys involved and instilling confidence. It makes a difference, and tonight is a great example of that. Does Daniel Tice make that three-pointer if Kemba Walker isn't giving him the ball throughout, you know, all four quarters? I'm not 100% sure of that, you know? And obviously, it's not just one game. You know, when he's out there, Daniel Tice is someone that he's looking for, you know? And it's not just Daniel Tice. It's looking for the best option. I think Tristan, that's he thing. gets Tristan involved. Yeah, he's Tristan, great in that yeah, pick and roll. You know, down low, getting it, getting it to the spot where he needs it, you know? Uh, you know, that, that's what makes him so special, and obviously – you know, if he's not scoring, he's going he's to give you some of that. But when he's scoring, this is the end result of that. You know, seeing him put it all together the way he did tonight and the influence he has on his teammates is what makes him so valuable for this team. We talk about his value know, outside the Celtics. It diminishes, you know, it diminishes in a big way. But on this team, he's very valuable, especially when he's this efficient. Right. I mean, it's be care- be careful what you wish for. There's a lot of Celtics fans, and I'm, I, I, you know, even at points probably on this show, I'm not going to say who, but maybe certain people didn't want Kemba Walker uh, on the roster or, you know, taking shots and, and whatnot. And again, you need, like Josue just said, you need his Jimmy offense because the <laughs> there's not a lot, there's just not a lot of, there's not a lot of offense on this team. That's not, that's not a hot take. That's not breaking news, especially the way that Tatum's struggling right now uh, with his shot. Uh, Jalen Brown's come back down to earth. If you don't have Kemba Walker, shooting you know the way he is and again i mean he's not going to drop 32 a night but he's going to need to give you 20 plus a night if you want to compete in these games because that that they're they're not a deep team they're a top heavy team and kemba walker needs to be again kemba walker so it was good to see tonight um and the thing about kemba walker that i love is that he's he's been there done that he's cardiac kemba for a reason he didn't just earn that nickname overnight i mean this is a true veteran in the nba a guy who has led teams in the past i'm not saying he has a long history of, of playoff wins and all this stuff but you know he's made a name for himself in college back in yukon all the way through the pros in charlotte i mean there's long long highlights highlight reels of this guy coming up huge in big moments and i think that's what the celtics need right now because it doesn't seem like tatum and brown are are on that level right now i'm not saying that they can't get there but when i watch tatum play He's flat right now. I mean, he's slow with the release. I mean, you know he's going to shoot the ball 10 minutes before he shoots the ball because for whatever reason, he's just – he's like moving in slow motion out there when he has the ball in his hands. 
Um, you know what? I think, Maybe you know, defenses are picking up on that too. Yeah. He's using his size to, to shoot over players, but he's not necessarily getting a lot of space. Whereas when you see Kemba out there, I mean, he's in and out of guys. Like, I mean, this is the Kemba Walker that, that we, that we know and love, right? I mean, he's the quick guy out there cutting step backs. Like Bobby said, you know, finding the open man. Um, so listen, they, they need that more than ever. So it's good to see. Um, that's pretty much all I got to say about Kemba Walker tonight, but. Yeah, and, so, and you know, he earned being the the main story coming out of this game for sure. Celtics deserve credit too for that plan they had him on. Like whether it's getting him back as early as they did or having him be this effective so soon, and that's what we're seeing at this point. For a little while, it was like, oh, he can have those great nights, but it's not often enough. It's just a spot performance here or there. He's piling yeah. up good one after good one at, at this point, and coming off those second night of back to backs. It looks like he's fresher. It looks like he has the burst and energy that th- this team needs as they come off these runs that are like 13 games and 20 nights or something like that because he's not playing uh, that level of minutes and games that all these other guys are. So you see Brown and Tatum, frankly, worn out by the wear and tear, the stretch that they're on. I think it, as a whole now, it's been 14 games and 26 nights or something like that. Tons of back-to-backs. Huge minutes. They can't come off the floor ever because of the depth of the team. And you're seeing the impact of that on Brown to some degree. I mean, I was a little more defensive of Brown on Tuesday when we were talking about the situation with the two stars there. And we'll get into that again a little bit tonight. But Jason Tatum, I was more willing to criticize him on Tuesday because it looked like he had it. And then he came up short in crunch time. Tonight, he was just dead all night long, like from start to finish. And so you look at a game like this, and it's like, I know him being out there is great gravity. You, you saw them almost using him as a decoy at times, like a starting point for passing. But if you say gravity one more time, he, he just on. needs he just needs uh, <laughs> he just needs a night off, doesn't he? Like it just he's screaming yeah. for a night off. And Brad's addressed it. He's like, I wish I could. I wish I could sit him a little more. I wish we could be up twenty five points and get him some extra rest. But instead, they're playing close games every single night. And they're playing every single night. And you get a performance like tonight uh, because of that. You know, COVID has played a role in this all to some degree, certainly. Uh, a couple of people in the chat are worried about his speed, about his agility, all this different stuff, and his production as slow. a whole. But where are we on him? Is this just minutes? Is this COVID? Or is it something bigger, Jimmy? I am not going to sit here and pretend to know how COVID is affecting Jason Tatum. I'm not going to play that game or even touch it. I'm just going to go by saying that the way he's playing right now is not the Jason Tatum that I think we're used to seeing. Certainly pre-bubble Jason Tatum, right? When he was absolutely torching the entire NBA before the season was put on halt, I mean, that was like top three to five NBA player level Jason Tatum. And then everything happened, shit at the fan, comes back solid in the bubble um, throughout the playoffs. And... I don't know, a little, a, little, a little slow out the gates here this season. Jason, uh, Jalen Brown was sort of the, the main man, right, coming out. Yep. And COVID hits, and, you know, we, we, we're here, here we kind of are. Nine points, nine rebounds, you know, four of 18 from the field. Really tough shooting night. Missed a lot of open ones. Um, and, like, again, it goes back to, like, the release is slow. It's like, like Joe Sway said, like, defenders, like, it's almost like he's tipping pitches, right? It's like mm-hmm. you know when he's about to rear back and, and, and shoot. So I don't know if that's affecting the, the field goal percentage right now, um, but something is definitely off. And if it's rest, then Brad Stevens needs to – I mean, listen, the NBA 
players are resting all the time. You know, slap some sort of whatever injury you want onto it, and they're getting away with it. So if yeah, if, if you if can say we're gonna lose, but they've been losing anyway. Well, he's he's not even really affecting wins right now. I mean, yeah. he, to be honest, he's affecting. He, he's probably a negative on the team at this point. So give him a break. Give him give him a spell. Like give him Sunday off. I mean, these guys suck on Sundays recently, anyways. <laughs> so you know, give him the weekend. Are they home Sunday? Yeah, I think it's the Wizards, yeah. right? So it's you, a night you've game, got a chance. Though. Yeah, it's, it's a night elite, game. You you you've got a chance. Not a man. You've got a chance to really get some rest. I mean, I, I would expect them to probably practice tomorrow. I mean, God. God knows they need it, but mm-hmm. the point is, you know, you you get a little break here, uh, travel wise. If he took Sunday off, I don't think anyone would be that upset about it. Well, they are almost at the break now, so I'd imagine you'll probably play it out. But that's but, the problem with making the break. It's like this is why I'm so pissed about the. Oh, and the, yeah, he's gonna start a joke now to begin with, and now him and Jalen Brown are going to the All Star game, and they're gonna, you know, and Tatum starting you know, now. Wine and dine with the rest of the All Stars. That's great, but you could be resting and like maybe like recalibrating, refocusing, and it's just not going to be that way. So I mean, it's their choice; they've earned it. So I'm not going to fault them for going, but it's just it's almost unfortunate that that's going to oh, happen. There goes Joe Sway. Yeah, I'm just gonna <laughs> slide my head over here. Um, let's you know, uh, if, let's if, go if, back to a, let's go back to our of, normal view. Yeah, let's do that. If you're a member of the Celtics organization teammate or a fan you're probably just wish no he's here it's like five days off and just he's back there he is back joe all right i like this let's keep it like this actually for uh, like the narrow i'm like i i like every time i'm like like the close-up the the fans love it yeah i I don't like it we can can go back i didn't put any makeup on for this so like i didn't even shave really so (laughs) You let me know ahead of time they when got, we go full. They got the full Jimmy experience for about 15 minutes there. They got any, there. any crazy zits going on today. But anyways, <laughs> lost my Strong performance. Uh, I mean, we're all generally in agreement so far. I know it's going to get heat a little later. Any Tatum thoughts, Josue? Yeah, I mean, th- those are all good points. I-, I just think also, I mean, teams are just positioned to defend them a certain type of way also. You know, I, I think the – Regardless of what the record looks like in these opponents, I mean, clearly they've they've rattled him a bit, right? I, I don't think it's a, a matter of oh he's just off. I, I think he's been, you know, defended at a different level. And obviously having Kemba back, I thought that would help him in this game. I was a bit surprised to see him go out and, and perform the way he did, or at least uh, you know the, his shooting percentage. But yeah, I mean, it's it's all of that. COVID, the the demanding schedule, the way this team is this, this you know run of the last 10 games of struggle i think has weighed him down a bit maybe he's uh he's looking at the at the all-star break and and he's looking at a little too premature right. it's had an effect on his on his body and his body language i mean we've been talking about this for the last two or three games i mean his body language is just longer than that yeah, yeah. Body language, it looks it literally looks like he's going to his nine to five like it looks like work yeah, right. you know what i mean like we've all been there like like it's like you know the alarm goes off and you're going like, through the yeah. Pardon my French, but like, it, it shouldn't be like that for you know for a guy like Tatum or for you know, I mean, for example, look, look at Kemba tonight. I mean, I think I saw more, and this is the type of player Kemba Walker is. He's all smiles and stuff, but like, attitude is huge. Like, le- like attitude and leadership, and like mm. that that translates to the rest of the crew. So when Kemba Walker is feeling it and he's like smiling and he's you know buddy buddy with everybody, you can see that that resonates with the rest of the team. When Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are walking around head down, 
pouting about this or that or pissed off the, of everybody, you know, around them, that resonates with the team too. I mean, it's contagious. Winning's contagious and losing's contagious, but it, it starts with like your attitude. So if it's an attitude check that's needed, then maybe when, you know, maybe a guy like Kemba Walker can provide that because that to me is what this team needs is, is like those veterans to sort of like check you at the door when, when, you know, you're not really contributing to positivity in that locker room. So maybe that's what, what they need. Yeah, and credit him. He did make plays late. A nice dump off to Tice, uh, nine rebounds, four assists. You take all of that. It was just offensively. Yeah, he was I mean, so flat. The missed shots piled up. It, he just looked sluggish. And so yeah. he was just kind of you know, running back and forth for 38 minutes. You have games like those as a player where it just looks like the guy's going up and down the floor, not really doing all that much. Uh, but it, did, it does seem like a rest night is overdue at this point. And now that there's so few games left until the break, They'll probably just push it out because they need those wins at this point. They've stacked up the losses already to the point where they got to get back into the playoff race a little bit now. They came into this one ninth in the East. I mean, just an unimaginable slide that that three-game losing streak put them on going into here. Uh, a little bit more off this game, the bench was fantastic. It's been one of their strengths this year, especially when they've been able to get, get you know good combinations. The bench has been their strength this year? Yeah, I mean. I won't not, let not, you get away with saying that. <laughs> not like the bench, not the bench not players, not the bench players, but like the different units they've been able to put together and like, you know, hit on some of the other team's second units. Tonight it was Brown and Kemba in that first rotation. They want to get two of those guys out there, sit Tatum for a little bit. And I think some of the other guys that you saw mixed in there, Peyton Pritchard, Robert Williams. Uh, say, and, say his name. Say his name. And Jeff Teague with his best game as a Celtic. I thought tonight was even better than opening night. Getting right. the free throw line, uh, you know, getting involved in the passing sequences. You needed a guy who was going to move a little bit, get the right. ball down toward the rim, you and pass. A guy, you needed a guy who uh, could dribble in circles like that. You needed someone that, you know. <laughs> yeah, it was desperation <laughs> mode, but it that worked. Was all plan. No, he had that. That was all by, by design. Yeah. Yo, if, if you're if, if if you're in the chat right now. You, you, you deserve your own apology, Cam. Everybody in the chat who's been screaming, trade Teague, drop Teague, this, that, and anything, you need to apologize. Like, like We're not we doing an apology, on Cam, off one game. <laughs> no, not you. The, 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 there's some commenters I think deserve that, you know, they probably owe it. I mean, Teague gave you exactly what you needed tonight, right, though? I mean, that's kind of what we've been asking uh, of Teague and kind of what I think we expected when he was signed. I mean, this – he couldn't be as bad as he was, right? And like he couldn't really be that bad, right? And I said this, this back to back double figure scoring game for him now. Right. And then right. and then in April, he's gonna do it again. You know, that, that's what it is. <laughs> Every couple of months he's gonna give you those back to back performances. That's really Brad what Stevens, it is with him. Brad Stevens rarely like gives up on a guy. And like you just knew that there would be a time where, you know, Teague would contribute. And like Joe Sway said, there will be another game. Listen, it's not gonna happen every night, but He's going to have to give you some games where he's going to have to come in and, and provide that little that something extra off the bench. That's all you can ask for him. He's not like – like we spend way too much time talking about Teague. He's like your last guy in the rotation. You, you, you want him to be productive, but it's really like it's not that serious compared to – a lot of the other issues going on. Like he's not the reason they're losing the way they are. No, but he's when not you the reason they're winning either. When you lose a guard and you have one guard that can't play that much in Kemba – and then all of a sudden he's like the only guard left aside from Pritchard. 
then it gets bad when a guy can't even play. Like he couldn't for long stretches of this year. He was just unplayable. The defense was disgraceful. The offense was startling. I think coming into Wednesday when he started getting right, he was 28% from two. Like his three-point percentage was, was higher than his field goal shot. percentage. It was it was unreal the level he was struggling at. But I'll give him this. Seven of eight from the free throw line. I, I saw it coming into tonight. He's a top 100 per 36 free throw attempt shooter. He gets to the line a good amount. And that's what I drives. said. Yeah, he gets downhill. He gets into the thick of it. And he's another guy that can forward. get the ball moving. Yeah. He drives head down to the basket, and he's not afraid to get contact and go to the line. I mean, that's the best team because, like you said, Bobby, he can't buy a basket right now. Or at least he couldn't, right? I mean, he's coming up short on almost all of his two-pointers um, and just weird, like, in-the-lane type runners that weren't falling. Yeah. But, like, when he when he drives to the to the hoop and does his thing, he's, he's you know, relatively big big body out there. And um, – that's what they need him to do, and just don't and like limit the turnovers too, because those are driving you crazy too. Um, they, again, they don't they don't need him to go out and score 15, 20 points. They just need him to, you know, run the offense, get to the line, be aggressive, and hopefully, uh, you know, get shots for the guys who should be hitting them. So, if he can yeah, play at all, we got we got it. Crazy, like when he would not, we would go out there. He wasn't scoring, but then he would just like stack up these like three quick turnovers in like one quarter and it's just like the hawks game last wait wednesday yeah yeah it's like yeah the hawks game like yo you are hurting this team when you're out there literally just being out there is making this team worse like that's how you get uh, a seat next to taco real quick you're like that's how all of a sudden he was out the rotation but now he got another shot so uh brad brad's giving him another shot here and i think uh i think obviously something was going on whether it's in practice or uh, he was he was showing something that 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 instilled confidence in Brad and Brad, you know, obviously the last couple of games here, is is paid off. Well, Wednesday too, he he proved it out there. It's the only capable player. Period in that disgraceful game. I don't think any of us watched that one too closely. I don't think we jumped back into the film. But if you did, there was probably a lot of positive Teague stuff there too that made him feel like he could be the first guy off the bench in this one. And I love that rotation. There was all this talk. Uh, how are you going to get the ball popping? Zach Lowe writes that they're 28th in assist percentage. NBC's pulling out the hockey assist stat. I guess they were almost last or dead last in that stat. I don't, I don't really care about hockey assist, but you saw, <laughs> you saw a unit. Assist. Yeah, the secondary assist. They only have two a game. <laughs> so Peyton Pritchard, Jeff Teague, Jason Tatum, Aaron E. Smith, Rob Williams. When I see a lineup like that start the second quarter, that's activity, that's movement and cutting, which is what Brad emphasized pregame, and a couple different guys who can handle the rock between Pritchard, Teague, and Tatum. And when you have multiple ball handlers on the floor, and even a center and Rob who can pass a little bit, that ball is just going to start bouncing all over the place. So you saw a nice transition three for Neesmith. You saw Tatum's nice dump off to Pritchard on the back line cutting. Uh, Rob... Pritchard, ton of activity in that pick and roll between them. The ball just started flying around everywhere with that group, and the bench was awesome tonight. It was like one of the smoothest bench transition points that we've seen all season. Really, as a whole, the Celtics looked like that team that's already in three for the first time since that stretch, all, all, all in all tonight. We need to dig a little bit more deeper into the bench and talk specifically about maybe the player – 
of the bench and close to the player of the game. Thank you very much. Robert Williams. That's a that's points. a nice stat line. Oh, look at that stat. Everyone, can we just take a moment? <laughs> Jimmy, just... Jimmy tried to think of his middle name and you realize he doesn't know. <laughs> Sorry, you're right. You're literally right. You said Robert. I was about to make it up, and I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to do, do that. <laughs> Robert Williams the third. It's like the Shaq that. game last night. Guess his middle name. <laughs> no, no. The funniest thing was when first name. Guess his first when, name. Yeah. No, the funniest thing that happened was was a week ago when Ernie was talking about the. It was halftime, and he was like, "Oh, you know, but you know, Pascal's been doing his thing. What, what do you think, Shaq?" And Shaq goes. I don't know about this Pascal guy, but Siakam's the one doing it for me. <laughs> I he believe was, that. So he didn't know his first name, and then and then to make it worse, he's like, "Oh, come on, man! Everyone calls everyone by their last name. No one says first name." <laughs> what? The same guy. So it was Malik Monk, which like, okay, that's that's probably fifty oh, percent you do. He called him Eli. Yeah, he called him Eli Monk. Emmanuel quickly was hard because that's like the second best rookie in this class. You should definitely know who Emmanuel quickly is. Yeah. But then when it got to, I mean, who was the obvious I one? At the end? Said at least like Michael Monk or something, something with an M, you know, he got the, he got Desmond Bain somehow, he but who somehow was, guessed that. Yeah. Who was the uh, other was guy Robinson, that he really should Robinson, have had? Right? Yeah. Mitchell Robinson. That one should have been obvious. Oh, there was yeah. another one too, but whatever. Robert Williams, Robert, Lee Williams, the third. Thank you. I, I was going to say there. Lee. Damn. All right. So can we just take a mo- moment of silence and just take in this stat line here? And I want you guys to really focus on the last one. 22 minutes. That's pretty good. This is what yeah. Robert Williams. That was the Williams, first thing I looked at when I looked at the box score. <laughs> when Robert I was Williams should, yeah, he should be averaging 22 minutes. I never want to see under 22 minutes from Robert Williams being played per- again. I, I just don't understand why. And I know that we've harped on it. Me and John have talked about it ad nauseum. Why is this guy playing so little, so little, so little, so little minutes? Every time he's in there, he's affecting the game in some way. Listen, he's not a perfect player. But I don't know if you guys have been watching lately. I haven't seen a perfect player on the Celtics for a long, long time. So why are we, and by we I mean Brad, it seems like, we're harder on Robert Williams' mistakes than we are on other players' mistakes because I see a lot of good things that Robert Williams does out there too. He's by far the most athletic guy on the Celtics. Well, I won't. I mean, at least big man. Let's just stick stick to the big man. He's by far the most athletic big man on the Celtics. He does things that Tristan Thompson couldn't dream about doing anymore in his career. You keep going with these. Look, I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, really though, and and. I, I just think that we're at the point now where we've all seen enough, and I hope to God Brad has seen enough, where, listen, if it's really the hip, I don't know if it's the hip or if Brad Stevens is just now becoming hip to Robert The hip Williams. conspiracy. <laughs> now he's I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't know which one it is, but all I know is this. Robert Williams looks fine out there on the court. He this looks is, fine. Physically, I, I t- he's moving around well. Listen, he's not he's not like defensive player of the year. I understand that he's going to miss rotations or he's going to randomly be out of bounds when, you know, Sabonis is at the rim. I get those things, but I still think that what he gives you on both ends of the court outweighs the negative. So, I am fully aboard playing Robert Williams way more than what he's playing, which I think he's averaging 14. It was like 12 or something. Maybe it was. I think it was around 14. It's been 15. But, I mean, no, it's he, been 14. It's been 14. He needs to be averaging low 20s. So there's, there's not again, games where he doesn't play. 
Like it sways a little bit probably on matchups and other stuff and how he's looking because he does occasionally have a Here bad game where defender. that probably slips. I, again, I feel like he's playing the right amount, not just from he's a production not. standpoint. How can you say that? But from a health standpoint, too. Like it, no, he's, he's playing for Bobby. Get no, but this is this is my point. If stop babying. This, stop babying Robert Williams. He's a he's an adult. If this, I know, if I know this, Bobby, Bobby, I know it feels like it's his second year, but it's his fourth season. Third. Just third. Right, third. If if um <laughs> no, but this is my point, yeah, Jimmy. You're right. It feels if, like it's fourth. Could be. If he's looking it's good, third, but it's equivalent of a half of a season in terms of minutes. If he's looking good, if he's feeling good, then the minutes plan that they have, and it doesn't even really need to be a plan because there was no talk of him playing thirty minutes at the beginning of the year. No one. And it's working fine. Well, he's at twenty-two. No so, like, what do you want? Twenty-five? No, I'm I'm happy. No, no, with he's saying average. Why can't average. we get this all the time? Yeah. I think different games call for different things. You got three centers. You, you Yo, got different matchups. Yeah, that's the biggest Brad Steven response I ever had. <laughs> I just think Brad's right on this. All right, so I'm going to read this Brad from – Brad's right about everything. I'm going to read this from Brad. I'll throw it to Joe Sway, see what he thinks about it. So they asked him on they asked him on 98.5 about Rob. Why isn't he Yesterday, playing more? Right? Yeah. He went on read with the whole uh, thing. I hope you have the whole thing. Yeah, I got the whole thing right here. So right. the voice of the fans, and I'll give 98.5 credit. They've been hammering these interviews all week, asking the questions that people want to hear. You know, you, so they ask them, everybody wants Rob to play more. Why isn't Rob playing more? And Brad goes, I love Rob. I love where he's going. I think Rob's one of our really, really good guys right now as far as energy, feeling, competitive, competitiveness, as far as what he's bringing on a nightly basis. He's had a couple of games – here where he hasn't been quite as good, but for the most huh. part, he's been what we thought after the bubble he was going to be. I'm just leery of bringing him along too quickly, especially in this stretch. This stretch has been insane. Our guys have navigated it. It's not been easy. And at the same time, we need him on the court, but he's not going to be a 30-minute-per-game player. We'll try to up that as the season goes along and make him feel as good as he can. Him being his best throughout the whole stretch is what we're shooting for. And that probably means less minutes now, more minutes later. So there you go. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that. I mean, it, it makes sense. I think I think honestly, it speaks volumes to the to the the pattern of you know the knocks against Robert Williams, right? We've been talking about this all season long. The positioning, the fouling, the you know uh, lapse of judgment in crucial situations. I mean, all that. Brad keeps an eye on that, and I think. Or keeps a close eye on that, and I think Brad Stevens is just looking at the bigger picture because he's been down this road so many damn times. Like he's been to the end of the Eastern Conference Finals so many times, and I think he just looks at the end result, at the end game, and thinking that look, if I bring him along slowly, the end result is going to be it's going to be way worth it in the end. But obviously, I don't think Brad was was thinking that this team going to struggle as much as it has. I don't think he took into account that this slow start meant. You know, being under 530 games into the regular season, I, I'm not quite sure Brad knew go to that extent. So now his plans have changed, and and I think that is for the better. It's obvious. I mean, it's it's easy for us to get frustrated when we see him balling out, and we're like, "See, Brad, why didn't you do this before?" I mean, it's easy for us to say that, but I think bigger picture, yeah, I I'm I'm with Brad in that sense, but I think he should have been doing this a couple of weeks ago. I think he was a little, he took a little too long with that, and I think uh, Tristan Thompson has a whole lot to do with that as well. Man, talk about, been good. talk about someone who, no, he's been good, but I, I, I think Brad and Danny, I'm not going to say 
you know, for Danny, I'm not calling it buyer's remorse, but you're not, you don't think that Danny didn't expect a little, a little more from Tristan Thompson from Jeff Teague. I mean, I think a lot of him taking, taking on the blame and taking on accountability is directly, the, the correlation is directly with those two signings. I think, you know, I think it's Danny saying, look, I messed up. You know, people can think what they want about the whole Gordon Hayward situation and how he handled that. But I think Danny's really kicking himself about those two signings. And right now, Brad, the two of them are just trying to fix it at this point. You know, it's it's interesting. Getting letting Rob Williams out the cage a little more is a big part of fixing it. I think it's interesting you say that because he was on the radio as well yesterday, asked a million oh, different man, questions. Whoa, whoa, we're it's still like talking the, about Rob, right? You're not going to switch the topic, are you? It's like the parade. No, but on Thompson, real quick, because Joe Sway is talking about buyers remorse. Say he did say there were a couple of things he wished he could have done better. Thank goodness there's ways to rectify it. Choices we could have made that maybe would have made somewhat of a difference. Just I don't know. It, Thompson and Thompson and Teague, I, I, I fucked up, guys. My bad on that. Like, just say it. Just <laughs> yeah, say no, it, he, dude, it was, again, again, we're harping way too much on Teague. Uh, 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 right. Well, bottom of the true. rotation signing. That's yeah, fine. That's true. I, 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 listen, he, he might, he might, yeah, maybe a little bias remorse on Thompson, but I, I, I actually thought that he was talking more along the lines of like Hayward. Maybe just he just, maybe he just feels like we should have just paid Hayward more. I have no idea if that's, I have no idea. what. I think I, you know what? I used to think that, but now I'm thinking he's like, man, I could have milked that before Jordan came along. I don't know. That's my thing. Though. That's what yeah, I Yeah. Or maybe, maybe he was talking about Pacers trade if there was one. I don't know. But I that was back my to, first instinct. Well, he well, said that a couple of times. That's what I mean by that. I like, like by milking, that. Man, I should have gotten something in return for that. Like, yeah. Let's circle back to that in a second. I want to just finish finish the Rob thought. So what Steven said, I, I listened to the interview on the radio yesterday in the car, and I thought it was interesting, his answer on Rob, obviously he commended Rob and all that thing, but he also made a point to to let everyone know that Rob had a couple of games recently that he didn't play so well, right? Is that, what was the What do you think of that? Was? What was the exact quote there? I don't want to misquote. So no, that's what Bobby said. Yeah, he dropped it in. There's been a couple of games where he hasn't played as well. Yeah, so it's like, that was like, that's kind of a weird thing to say. Like he just want, it's almost like he wants everyone to know that like Rob didn't play as much as I'm he seeing, wanted to play. I'm yeah. seeing things you're not. I'm yeah. seeing a little bit differently. And like this one isn't on me. This one's kind of on Rob. That's why he's not playing as much right. in certain games, which I thought was weird. I was like, how often does does Brad like specifically like go after really, Bobby? That's the first one you put. That's the first I, one. I got <laughs> I missed it. What did that say? I got a story on that, but I'll let Jimmy finish. He said, he said, why did Bobby shave his porn stash? Yeah, we'll get into that, I'm sure, too. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just think that that was, that was interesting. I think – I think, and it's been the, – the whole Rob Williams situation has been very interesting to follow because it does feel like the better Rob plays in the more minutes that he gets, the more heat Brad gets for not playing him sooner. So it's like almost like a vicious circle of like – you know, do you play this guy more and he continues to play well and then people are mad at you for not playing him more? Yeah. Or do you continue to use this, oh, we're limiting him because of, you know, the health or the hip or, you know, he's not playing as well as you might think he is sort of thing. I, it's, to me, it's just, listen, you play your best players, right? It's it's not rocket science. If there's a guy out there jumping around and jumping over the rim and blocking shots and grabbing alley-oops and everything like that, and the other guy, Tristan Thompson, isn't doing any of those things. I compared I, I, I compared Tristan Thompson to like a like very boring stock that like probably just sort of like 
it's almost just like a good place to put your money and you don't really have to worry about it, like losing any money, but you're never going to really gain anything. And Robert Williams is like this, Robert Williams is like GameStop. Right? <laughs> Robert Williams is like GameStop right now. And it's like, depending on the day, you're either on the moon or you've like lost everything. So it's GameStop's like- GameStop's back today, baby. Exactly, Jimmy GameStop. It's like, it's like yeah, Jimmy withdrawing. Yeah, yeah, fucking, I went all in on the Rob stock, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he played 12 minutes last night. I don't know what's going on, man. I don't get it. Honestly, it it feels like it feels like Steven shorted Rob, and like all the everyone else is just buying up Rob, and Stevens is now having to like buy back Rob in order to make Rob not tank but go to the moon. It's like it's a very complicated (laughs) situation. That's how that's how the Celtics relates to uh, Reddit meme stocks right now. But long story (laughs) short, Rob. Great analogy. Long story short, Rob needs to play more, and I thought tonight was a perfect example of that. If he's getting low twenties in the minutes, I don't think anyone's complaining about his minutes. Rob Stonk, thank you. That's his new nickname. <laughs> you know what's funny? You. That's he pretty good. Only goes up. Rob only goes up, just like Stonks only go up. You know it's funny, Jim, because we talked about you know Brad Stevens and obviously the conversation of his future in Boston and all that. You know, a couple of nights ago, and it's interesting. We give him so much props, or at least in the beginning, right? We talked about that too. The narrative was we give him, we, we, we give Brad so much props for being able to reach certain players, right? The, the guys, right. the underdogs, the ones that just need that opportunity to shine. He can get it out of them, right? But with Rob is different, right? We are almost like, wait, no, no, we're not trusting your judgment on this one, Brad. You know, no, Rob is better than we, than you think he is, right? So yeah. maybe, maybe we jumped the gun. Maybe we uh, should have waited this one out. But again, 30 games in is 30 games in. So he's doing it now. So I guess that's the most important part of it. I wish he should have. I wish he was doing it sooner. Right. But I don't think this is one of those uh, what happened like a month ago where it was like, oh, no, he's in there. He's a lock. And then he played like, you know, seven minutes against the Lakers or whatever it was, you know, a, a top tier team where you're like, OK, he disappears or Brad's not quite sure if he cemented to the rotation or not. I, I don't think we're there anymore, though. So I, I'm 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 giving Brad a pad. I'm, I'm willing to give him a pass. Uh, up until this point, but uh, that uh, again, that's considering Rob isn't going to revert to being, you know, playing seven minutes one night and playing, you know, eighteen minutes the next. I listen. This comment, I understand that thinking, but I, I again, like Tristan is should theoretically be good against big bruisers. I just don't think he has been. So again, good point. again, if he was, I totally get it. I just don't think he has been. Yeah. So that's the issue. And listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to dwell on the past and bring up the past. It's like, just play Rob 20 plus minutes a game and we won't have to keep going back to why isn't Rob playing because every time he does, he plays well because he'll just be playing, right? And if yeah. we're proven wrong, we're proven wrong. At least let's get proven wrong. We're, we can't even have that opportunity. Um, well, I think, I'll just end by saying, I think Rob Stonk was born tonight. Well, let's make it clear. I mean, no one's upset about the production here. Like I'm not, I, I am absolutely blown away by some of the impact he's had. The growth, again, year over year, Joe Swain mentioned how far into his career it is. He, he's shown a step, a leap on that ladder every single year. He is better than he was in the bubble, and he was pretty good in the bubble, just not good enough to play every night and have the nightly trust of Stevens. This is a point I keep making, Jimmy. It's not like he's not playing certain nights or like getting five minutes certain games. He's a steady, consistent part of the rotation at this point, which is not even what he was in the playoffs. It, that whole Raptor series, he had a tough time getting out there every game. And then certainly in the East right. Finals, there was a trust issue there as well. So Stevens, even with some of the shade, I, I feel like Stevens always tries to suppress some of the hype a little bit. 
you know, coaches seem to do that in general when there's a huge wave of fans saying, play this guy. You know, that was yeah. like the Jim Beheim special. He would just shoot down any guy who the fans were screaming and yelling for. So you don't <laughs> see that as much with Brad Stevens. But I think every coach has a little bit of that. Like, you're not going to run my rotations. You're not going to decide the minutes here, all that kind of stuff. I think he has some points on it. I think you guys bring up great points of why you would want to see him more. I just think there's a reason and a process right now that I trust generally. Like, I don't think Stevens is just sitting there with, like, blinders on on the bench every time Rob's in the game, pulls them, and then opens his eyes when Thompson and Tice are out there and is like, this is, this is our best unit here. I mean, he's positioned Rob to be the only guy on the floor with those bench units, which definitely helps him. Uh, he gets some free run against other bench units, which certainly helps him as well. I mean, there's a question here of how good he would be if he was playing against starters every game, like Joel and B. Let's and find out. Bam. Yeah, we'll find out eventually. I, I mean, mean, that's, again, that's the good amazing. thing about this quote. We're going to find out eventually. It's his third, like Joe always said, it's his third year in the league. Well, he said it was his fourth year, but it's his third year <laughs> in the league. Let's take the training wheels off. At some point, you got to know what you have, right? I mean, at some point, he's going to become a free agent. And you have to know what is this guy worth. That's or a good just, point too. They might have to extend him this off season. Right, and um, I mean, yeah. if you're Rob, at what at what point, if you're Rob, are you just pissed? Like, listen, man, I'm trying to make a living here. I'm trying to get paid. Yeah, demand a trade. No, but like, well, I mean, how can he build his value on the bench? Bobby, you look back to what he was saying before the season. Remember all that? All that? Oh, you know, I'm more vocal now. You know, I'm I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm a president was- on the court. I'm no longer that kid who's 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 you know. Just taking notes. He talked about the strong influence that Al Horford had on him. That a lot of people don't, you know, from the outside looking in, realize that it really, you know, transformed him into this. He doesn't feel like a younger guy anymore. He feels like, you know, he didn't use the word veteran, but he feels like he's another notch now. And then it was like, what, what happened? You know, the first couple of games there, and then you know, Grant Williams was still in the rotation, but Brad. Got him in there, right? Little by little, or at least uh, maybe I shouldn't put it that way. But Robert Williams got himself into that rotation, got himself more minutes, little by little. So I mean, it's it's been ramped up. You know, it wasn't like he's just been thrown into the fire here. You know, within the last week or so. So let's go back to the, and we'll get on to the Turner stuff in just a second here. But I do want to say this because of the Thompson decision, and we're hitting on that a little bit. Uh, do you think they would assign Thompson? or even gone for Miles Turner for that matter, if they knew what they were getting in Rob Williams this year. Because I don't think this was clear, especially with what I said about his playoff performance and the unreliability there. If they knew that he was going to be a steady presence who could contribute, impact every game he played in, Thompson's probably not here, and Turner's probably not here either. They probably do use it in another direction like John wanted to see, which could be what Ainge is alluding to as well. I don't know. It would have been really risky. I mean, Rob was giving you next to nothing in the playoffs because, yeah. again, he, he wasn't playing. So I don't even know how you go into this. I mean, if you went into the season with Rob as your, you know, backup big or whatever, that's really been risky. <laughs> that's really, really. Grant would have been playing a lot again. I was going right. to say Grant would have to, yeah. yeah I mean, it, but it, it, listen, I'm not saying that Rob should have got 20 minutes last season, but maybe he should have got more minutes last season than he got. I mean, I. I do know that Bam torched him and torched everybody, and he wasn't ready for that. But how much more ready could he have been had he been maybe playing a little bit more? It kind of goes back to the Neesmith argument. It's like at some point you, you you do have to play this guy. He's not going to get any better for you sitting on the bench. And now all of a sudden he goes from a DNP to he's you know getting 20-plus minutes a game here. 
um, whether or not you think he's playing well or not. I mean, he's getting the experience, he's getting the burn, and it's the only way he's going to get better. So maybe if Rob had been brought along a little bit sooner, we're talking about the, the fact that he's already averaging 20-plus minutes a game instead of 14. Maybe he's playing more this season and is providing more depth for you, right? Or or maybe he's worth more. Maybe he's a bit a better asset if you're looking to make a trade at the deadline. And apparently, you know, whether or not you are, We've been over this a million times. You don't have a ton of assets. Well, guess what? Rob Williams is becoming a better and better asset for you by the game. Uh, you know, these Are you going to go in that direction, huh? Well, these performances put him on the map. I mean, do they not? If he's playing 12 minutes mm-hmm. a game, coming in at the end of, this, of the first quarter and the third quarter and being buried again, who's talking about Rob Williams today or tomorrow or on ESPN? Nobody. Yeah, so that'll be true. the interesting question. If they do make a deal this year – he could be a guy teams ask for. And if he's the future center of this team, that could be harder to swallow if you're swapping out a center for a wing or, you know, flipping positions in terms of what's coming in versus what's going out. Because ultimately, Tice, I tend to think is gone. I've talked to people who think they're going to get him back on the mid-level. We'll see. Like, it's probably going to be somewhere between those. It's going to shift one way or the other on that front. Grant, like, I think the whole center thing with him's over at this point, of course. And then Thompson... He could be here next year because he signed. And if he's not, I don't think anyone would be surprised either. So the best option you have for next year and beyond that is Rob. And if you're drafting another big or bringing another veteran, that's sort of like a long-range process again. Rob shows you more than anything how long it takes to get a big out of the draft ready to roll. Like It can take a long time. So he'd be a tough guy to swallow in a trade at this point. And even if he is one of your valuable guys, you want to make sure you're getting back at least someone who can fill minutes at center. Fortunately for the Celtics, center is in one of their more important positions, but they've had good guys to fill it, whether it be Cantor or Horford or whoever over the years, Zeller even back to those days in Olenek. Right, but th- this goes back to what we've been saying, is that you have this TPE, with, which is literally nothing, right? It's yeah. literally nothing. You need to have a Rob to get anyone to pick up the phone. If you're looking to get back a guy that's going to match that salary that the TPE brings you, otherwise yep. you're going to hang up But because Rob is a proven asset as opposed to just a draft pick that may or may not amount to anything. So the the better Rob gets, yeah, it might be the, the better he gets, the harder he's going to be to trade, but it's a good thing either way because it, it allows you to, you know, open up your options. And that's why I, I said, I've been saying, if you hold on to that TPE, you might be able to pair a proven asset like Rob with it in the offseason where he's worth more in the offseason than he is today. If he continues to have the run that he's having and if he does average 20 plus minutes a game and he does put up similar stats, you know, more often than, you know, like he did tonight more often, I mean, that becomes a legitimate asset. And so that's what you need in order to have Orlando pick up the phone for a player like Vucevic, right? I mean, ultimately, that's what you're what you're looking for. So if Danny's looking – and Danny will do it. I mean, we've seen Danny do much bigger trades than Rob Williams. So um, if, he can, if, he can, if he can flip Rob and some picks for, a, for a, uh, an all-star level center like a Vucevic, you're damn right that he would do that. So what, what's the ceiling on him, Josue? That's the question you ultimately have to answer here. John was throwing around Clint Capella. That's been a popular name. And Clint's a great player, like a high, high-end role center. And he's not a – Anthony Davis or Carl Towns or anything by those means. He's a great player to have. Ultimately, though, if you get a piece that makes sense now, 
there is kind of an argument that maybe you would give that up if you think it's really going to be a move that moves the needle on the team or is sustainable in the future, all those different things. But right now, all the stuff I mentioned, like you can extend him for cheap now probably. He was just such a hit in the draft. He fits so well with Tatum and Brown and all those different things. I'd really be hard-pressed to give him up. And I think that ceiling could just keep getting a little bit higher year after year. It hasn't plateaued yet. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I mean, I just think Talk about Rob. Yeah, I just think the value yeah. of Rob, like if you were to trade him now, it's just like if if that was a, a offer on the table, you know that stock's gonna go up. You know a playoff run's gonna help that stock. You know national televised games gonna help that stock. So it's one of those things where it's like you know looking long term, do you want to let you do you want to cut ties with someone like that? One, obviously, you know, barring there isn't another big in that trade that's coming to Boston in return, you know assuming that's the case right i don't think and, i trade him for Vucevic. i think he fits here much better it was than just Vuce. an example yeah. it was just an example yeah right well that's no exactly just just for for an example right because obviously you know that that value that you can you can put that stock up after the after the season and, and and see what's up and try to get you know swing the deal that way and the tpe is still available right so you don't if i'm if i'm looking at things the way danny does uh, or in the past has, you know, he likes to hold on to things just a little longer because something might open up at the end. But obviously there's a risk in doing that as well. So it's one of those things where I just, but also I, I just don't think trading Rob and it, whether you hold on to him, I mean, whether you trade him now or you wait to, you know, you wait to hold on to him, that stock's only going to rise. So why not let Stop. it rise? And, and I don't think a, a trade where Robert Williams is the centerpiece I don't think that trade is going to be so significant where it's a, a win the title or, or or you're out the playoffs type of deal, right, guys? You get what I'm saying? Like, I don't think yeah. it's going to be one of those deals where it's like, oh, you missed out on that. You're never going to get that again. And now this team is not going to go to the finals. That that trade could have could have answered, you know, your prayers. I don't think that's the case. So why not just hold on to them? You know, I'm with you though. I, I like the idea of of seeing the stuff that's commit to Rob Williams long term, but I also think you have to look at things realistically and remember that. You know, uh, Danny's running out of assets, running out of draft picks. You have Marcus. We know Marcus Smart, sort of like the one trading piece that's still has a lot of value out there. Let's see how much more value this Rob stock can get before we just sell it in desperation to try to salvage this quote unquote championship team or championship season. Right. So I don't know what you guys heard me say. So basically, all I was saying was Rob. No, I wasn't, like uh, yeah, I wasn't looking at that as like the, the actual player himself. I, I know I, I got what you were saying. No, the yeah, value. I'm, yeah, I'm just saying like, like Rob's value. Un unless he's just completely sucks. Theoretically, the more he plays, the more he's going to be worth in a trade if one arises, whether that's this season or in the offseason. Bobby, I'm surprised that you wouldn't trade Rob because you're the same guy over the last few shows that has been saying if the Celtics don't make a trade now, tomorrow, and salvage this season and make a run, then I'm going to be so disappointed. In I'm Danny for trading I'm... picks, uh... Yeah, Bobby. You, you, use, Bobby, Bobby, you, you can't have score. your cake and eat it. You, you, can't, you have to actually trade something. Night. No, that's a you good have point. To trade something. Like you, we, who, who are you dealing with? Like you're, you're, you're not dealing with idiots. Like if you're Danny Ainge, you have to give up something to get something if you want to get something of value. Yeah. You want, you want them to like listen. My idea was just a depth guy. Your idea is like a bona fide all-star. So how do you expect to get one of those players without giving away a player that's hard to give away? I mean, it was not easy for – I imagine it wasn't easy looking way, way back for – well, maybe it was. But when Danny Ainge had to trade like 
all of its players for Kevin Garnett. That included a guy named Al Jefferson. Who That's a, a different situation than what we're talking about, though. I know, like but my, you, my point is, Bobby, it's, you, it's, you, you have you to give up that, a lot of good... That, you left the Thaddeus Young thing as if Jimmy said it was J.R. Smith. Like, you made it sound like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, something small like that can really help this team. No, but, like, let's say... So, so there's different levels to this. Like, obviously, you wouldn't give up Rob for Young. That's just obvious. No, we all agree on that. Right. If if it was Barnes, you probably still say no, right? Like Barnes would really help this team, but letting go of Rob hurts your future. It kind of hurts you now too. I don't. They wouldn't I don't, do that. They wouldn't yeah, do I don't that. think Sacramento would do that. Even but, Vucevic. No, no, Even I don't Vucevic. think the Celtics would do that. Vucevic, yeah, that would help you pretty significantly. You're talking about an All Star who's been doing it for years. He's you know got a couple. So you would do it for deal. him. I would strongly consider it. Yes, totally, definitely, absolutely. Right. I mean, See, Bobby, what what is Robert Williams' ceiling? Is he going to be better than Vucevic? No, but I think he fits better. If if that makes he sense, he fits. He plays twelve minutes a game. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, into the future. Like again, Brad's not. You have this expectation that Brad's going to play him like twenty forever, especially if he keeps getting better. Now he might plateau. This might be like the quintessential Rob. Luckily, they probably have a better idea of where that's heading than we do. Um, but if there is upside here and he projects to be the future starter, cost control, like again, I think what's really awesome about Rob right now is you can probably extend him for what, like 10 to 12 million a year, Josue? Like it wouldn't it wouldn't be all that much. And Vucevic makes like 28, right? So Vucevic's pretty, a much better player at this point. Ton I, of points, I don't know what, ton I don't of rebounding. Know what you want. I don't know what you want. Anymore. I'm saying because just use show, if if you can you, if you can um if you can package a bunch of picks if you can package a bunch of you know lower level you assets. You can't package a bunch of 25th overall picks and expect. How do you? Uh, I mean, that's what the Thunder did. That's what the Rockets did. That's more where teams are looking for now. It feels like. Yeah. With Paul George, I mean, what Bobby, did? Bobby done set up a booby trap for this TPE conversation. I didn't see coming. I didn't. Good. I didn't expect this either, but. Uh, <laughs> Here we are. Yeah, want, I mean, it's Rob. It, 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 again, it, it it just it all circles back to Rob. The point being, you have the TPE, but you need. I, in my opinion, you need a proven asset to go with your picks, um, for obvious reasons. And obviously, you need to match. You know, I, I just think a team wants to get a player back too. You can't just be a complete sell. They want to get a guy that they that they can at least. You know, bring on, bring into the fold, build around, have yeah. you know some sort of effect. So on you this think time. Rob? You think Rob alone? And again, you know, well, I know you would eat Vucevic on the TP. So you think Rob alone would be more enticing in the Magic than four first round picks? I'm thinking if you include Rob in the deal, they can figure out how many picks it's going to take. But I think it goes back to this: Rob playing well makes it easier for you to make that deal. It gives you a chance because. I have a feeling that there's another team out there willing to just give picks, right? And they might be better picks than yours. I mean, who knows? So if you have a proven asset, that might take you up a notch in terms of a good an point. enticing deal. Yeah, so that's my only point. There yet, Jimmy. I mean, Bobby, I, I don't I don't put it this way. It's where's his stock in contrast to, to Jared Allen, right? I oh, mean, Jared Allen's is through the roof. Exactly. Yeah. Like that, that's a kind of piece. If Rob Williams is 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 that then that's a whole different conversation, right? Then, you know, a team like the Rockets or whatever, you know, just like, right? Like, that's how you're able – that's how the Nets were able to trade for 
for for Harden, right? I mean, yeah. Jared Allen is just one piece, but that's a big piece. Rob Williams isn't that piece yet. I don't think he's that cornerstone uh, trade package that makes an opposing team or another team say, "Okay, here's yeah. our one or two, oh, our first or second best player for that guy." I don't, I don't think he's there yet. I no, still but, think. But- I, I I think he fills a role in this team, a, a future. He has a future here in a way that makes him more valuable than like a rental or a role guy coming in. Now, if we're talking a bigger deal, and maybe you consider Vucevic to be that guy, I'm not that high on Vucevic. If we're talking Beal or someone larger, one of these dream guys. A few shows ago, you were like, I'm all in on Vucevic. Because right. I, I have more faith in like a ton, a ton of picks getting something back than you do, Jimmy. Like that, that seems like... How are you going to drop Bradley Beal? Like, he's not, like, one of the top scorers in the NBA right now. Like, it's- Well, I'm saying, like, more more of a dream deal like that. Like, a, a guy who's really going to come in and move the needle. Because ha- Jimmy mentioned Kevin Garnett. In that case, you throw everything you have on the table. You know, seven picks, every player worth value of young, youth. Like, for in a Beal situation, it'd be great to have Rob there and be a guy that the Wizards would look at and say, all right, this is a real piece here. So I, I'd rather use him in a situation like that. Than Barnes or don't Vucevic you think Vucevic, Vucevic feels feels like, and again I'm not pushing for this is just an example but he, yeah. he does feel a massive need and he does seem to be like the perfect fit for what this team wants to do. I mean you're talking about a stretch big who's an all star. I mean I, I again I mean I don't want to harp on this fake trade too much longer because it is just an example. It all goes back to the fact that. The more Robert plays and plays well, the more options Danny Ainge has to make a deal. And if he waits yeah, until the right. offseason, if he waits until the offseason, Robert Williams might be worth that much more, and you'll have that many more suitors who may be more interested in the type of player Robert Williams is, right? So that is one You're of right. the benefits of waiting and holding off on that TPE. This is a good thing. You now might have something to attach to this TPE and not just draft right. picks. You might actually need a proven asset, a tradable asset. You don't have many of them. And this might prevent you from having to trade Marcus Smart, right? So if you can keep Marcus Smart, who I think we all agree is fairly important to this team based on what we've seen, and you want to make Mm -hmm. a serious run for the playoffs next season, you keep Marcus Smart, you bring in whoever that TPE and Rob Williams get you. You have Kemba Walker, you have Jalen Brown, you have Jason Tatum. You have a legit team again, and you, know, you, you can now compete with the best teams in the NBA. So yeah. that is the good thing about playing Robert Williams. And maybe that's one of the reasons why they haven't played that much. Maybe they are hide, trying. Maybe they think they're hiding some of his deficiencies and they're really trying to coach him up until he can, you know, play more consistently. Maybe that's it because this whole, like, we're bringing him along because his, of his health, I, I'm not really sold on that anymore. So, so I'm done with I, this. I, we that. hit the TP, so I do want to throw it out there because we're talking about the cost and value of all these different things. I saw this online. It's always interesting to see like what Celtics fans think they should give up for trades versus what other teams would want in those hypothetical trades. But I actually think this would be appealing if we're talking about those options. Those Kings have lost nine straight at this point. I, they've just gone completely down the tank. They have the worst defense in NBA history statistically now. Uh, so Harrison Barnes is on the table. And uh, so one of their writers out there was throwing names around who I would trade, who I wouldn't trade. Barnes is a guy he would give up. And so uh, Jeff Clark of Celtics blog came along and said, all right, what would you want for Barnes? And what do you guys think the Kings want for Barnes? 
Marcus Smart is the beginning of the conversation. Jimmy? No, no. No, what do you think they want? Picks. Aaron Neesmith. What? Oh, that's it. Aaron Neesmith? And, and picks, probably. Yeah, maybe. I mean, this is wait, that's wait, all the guy was. Who now? This is this is according to a writer or? Yeah, a writer covers the Kings. So the team with the, the the worst historically the worst defense of all time doesn't want Marcus Smart. Okay. No, I mean they I'll would want what. him, but the Celtics would say no. <laughs> oh, I thought, you're saying, I thought you're saying what what would be on top of their other list? Oh really? yeah, no, I mean like he kind of <laughs> threw like a realistic package. Like I mean um, that's a trade both teams look at, and I get the Kings. I don't know how other Kings fans or anything would feel about that. But, again, it's Harrison Barnes. And Vucevic, you're right, Jimmy, is on a higher like plane than Barnes. Like, Barnes is a role player. Vucevic's an all-star. But right. if you're going after Barnes, who's somewhere in the middle between a Thad Young and a Vucevic, the cost really wouldn't be that high. So, like, let's say it's Neesmith and, like, a 2023 20, protected first. Like, you know, the Celtics just kind of do that. Like, it's, it's really not an option. But why? I don't know like What's Barnes' contract? What's Barnes' contract deal? How many what's what's he get left? So he's twenty two, twenty, and then eighteen. Three years. My issue with that trade is my issue with that is it doesn't make you good and what does it make you good enough to do? What does it make you what is it, Barnes? It definitely really, fixes really, a lot of your rotations. You might get to the finals, no? You think you get to the finals? You think I think he'd make a big impact. Again, I I've said Harrison they don't Barnes, they don't need that much to fix what's going on here. They're going to get smart back, and then you add another wing to that. Like All of a sudden, you don't have to play Teague ever. You don't have to play Semi, Green, those guys ever. You're playing Barnes, Smart, Tatum, and Brown as your four forwards. And you get Grant's minutes out of there. You get Semi, like all those guys. It, it, like Adding two starter-level players, including Smart, would be a substantial thing. Now, how do the Celtics feel about Neesmith now that he's playing a little better, that kind of stuff? I don't know, but... He doesn't really fit the timeline of what they're doing now. You'd rather have a veteran in here, which is what we've talked about. The means to an end. Yeah. I don't know, so, man. They drafted Neesmith for a reason. I'm not I don't think they're willing to give up on him already. I mean, Barnes is who he is. We he's a great he's he's good at what he does. He's a two way player. Um, you know, he's, he's probably got friendly deal though. Jimmy. He's got some leadership qualities. And that's my so that's my point too, Jimmy. Like if you get a guy like Barnes in a year or two, this is this month this contract is gonna it's gonna be it's good value. Yeah, like that's the kind of guy you would want to sign right now. It would depend like on what it takes. Guy. It would depend on what it takes to get him. I don't know if if you want to give up on Neesmith already. I don't I mean that would certainly to me I mean Neesmith's stock right now has to be extremely on the you know on the lower side right if you're a team trading for neesmith you're trading for him because you liked him in the draft and you yeah. you see some you know what i mean so I, I i don't know if this is the right time to trade neesmith for a you know slightly better role player jimmy is all against better. trades oh a slightly uh, better role player <laughs> where's Barnes? where's what's neesmith He's a rookie. He's a rookie. He's just a Barnes guy is he's... much better. I mean, we're talking twenty points a game, Jimmy. Come on. Yeah, man. But what's he, he on this team? What's he on this team? What what what's he on this team though? I, like Where does he four, fall? Thirteen, fourteen, something like Hayward. You know, if he plays well. Yeah. He's your he's your fifth, probably fifth, 
fourth, fifth guy maybe behind they, they Smart. That a lot right now. <laughs> he would be someone to grease the I know the they wheel. do. I, I know they Hayward, you know, something like I that. I know they need it. <laughs> I know they need it. It's just a matter of what you're going to give to get it. I mean, again, are you are you doing it for this season? Again, Bobby, are you are you still like? Oh yeah. Oh, this would be all about this year. Jimmy. Well, no, Josue, you get him on three years, right? Well, like, yeah, well, but you know what I mean by that, Bobby. Like, yeah. you're, you're doing it. If you're the Celtics, you're doing it because you, you know it gives you a chance to get make, to the, make it to the finals. They're not doing it thinking, oh, it's going to make us a little better. No, you make this deal saying, okay, we're giving you our rookie, our you know, our top pick of the of the last draft because we want to win now and later. You know, you make that move because you think if you don't make it, you're not you don't have a chance to get to the NBA finals. So uh, I'm gonna. Can we skip Turner? Is that fine? No, we're not. You want to hit him quick? All right, let's hit Turner quick. We'll circle back to this because Ainge talked yesterday. But if you want to hit on Turner, we'll we'll do that for a few minutes here. So Miles Turner, great game tonight. You know, hits his threes, blocks his shots, defensive player of the year, caliber player, all those things. This situation's hard to read because I've heard every story under the sun about this situation. Washburn had all those reports over the offseason that they wanted this guy from them. The negotiations were such that he was able to identify players that were on the table. Miles Turner and Doug McDermott was the package he threw out there. Zach Lowe, who's one of the most connected reporters out there, says every single podcast he's on that the Celtics, if they wanted Miles Turner, all they had to say was yes, and he's coming. But then since Gordon Hayward went to the Hornets and Every interview he's been in since, he says, oh, I wasn't even thinking about the Pacers. I'm, I'm a Hornet for life. Like, I never was even considering that. I think a lot of people have assumed that the reason the Celtics didn't do that trade is because Hayward wasn't going to Indiana, which if that the, was the case, obviously they couldn't do a deal. Like, Hayward had to approve that. I think the truth's somewhere in the middle. I do think the Pacers were probably offering a little less than the Hornets. It sounds like $100 million compared to $120 million. But it does sound like there were heavy negotiations and Hayward was playing ball enough to make both teams think that they could get a deal done there. Um, so did Ainge balk at McDermott and Turner and want more and that caused Hayward to walk away and take a different offer? Or was that Hornets offer always going to overrule everything? It's tough to say. But let's say that Turner was a possibility for the Celtics. There would have been no TP. There wouldn't have been flexibility. But maybe you could flip Turner in the future for a different piece and have him and McDermott be part of this team now. Are you looking back on that now, Joe Sway, and saying... You better go to Joe Sway. Yes <laughs> or no? Yes. I'm saying yes, Bobby. And I just... The reason why I say that which is, is because the way that whole thing was drawn out. Remember? like It was like three, four days and all of a sudden... In comes Charlotte with this offer. Again, they, how much did we talk about that? Does that sound like something that was just made up out of thin air? That was happening. I think it was happening. I think there's a lot of truth to it because I think the ball was essentially in Gordon's court. You know, yeah. I think it's, you want to go to the Indiana, you know, this is how we're going to facilitate this trade. What are you going to do? You want to stay in Boston? You want to go to Indiana? Or here comes Charlotte, you know? And Gordon's been the one that's sort of gone back and forth in these interviews too. Like the la- the latest interview, he says that he makes it sound like it was a coin flip between Indy. Boston. I don't buy Hayward. Yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, he, he can't call it. Every time he goes back to it, every time he thinks back to that time, he tells a different story. So I, I honestly think there's a lot of truth to it because I think, obviously, there's the hometown uh, connection, you know, and obviously there's the fact that the Pacers are a pretty damn good team, you know. Let's face it. Between the two, 
It they put, would look really good with Hayward right exactly. now. It put Hayward in a situation where he's what he wanted to be, one, a featured player, right? Two, competing on a team that has a chance to go deep into the playoffs. And three, you're back home. You know, you're back playing in front of your family. And I think all that is very significant to, to Gordon Hayward. But then again, here comes Jordan. You know, Jordan comes along offering him essentially the same deal he just signed in Boston four years ago. I mean, who would turn that down, especially when it's the, it's coming from the same guy who not only painted this picture for you four years ago, but he pretty much told you you're making a mistake going to Boston or that you were making a mistake, uh, you know, whether it was staying in Utah or, and not going to Charlotte. And here he is again four years later telling you, I told you so. So, uh, again, I, I think the table – I think there's a good chance the deal was on the table, whether it was Miles and, and McDermott or whether it was Miles and Player X. I just think Miles Turner – has so much to do with this because the Southerns were looking at the Bam out of bio in the Miami Heat series and thinking, how are we going to measure up against Bam? We need an answer for Bam. I think that was definitely uh, one of the top things on their list heading into the offseason. And I think ultimately they settled for Tristan Thompson. They took the championship pedigree. They took the tenacity of a player who, has, who hasn't been in the spotlight for the last couple of years. And they thought that that could push them and, and take them a a, a long way this year and again jimmy i'll let you go in a second but they interviewed turner on you know media day in indiana and they're like did you think you were going to get traded and he was pretty much like yeah <laughs> so like this was this was there yeah, yeah he talked about the straw how strong again his his agent was in his ear saying you probably gonna go to ball. sorry go ahead no well i'll just say real quick he never shut it down whereas victor oladipo you remember like a week or two after the initial reports, he's just like, I don't know who's saying these things, but I haven't heard anything about me getting traded. Miles Turner never did that. He never shut them down. Okay, so I don't know what, like you guys, I don't know what's true and what isn't. I don't know if Danny Ainge had the deal on the table. But yeah, let's just pretend it was because it probably able was. Able to make it, right. Let's, for the sake of argument, say that it was. They could have gotten Miles Turner and Doug McDermott back and Jordan Hayward goes to Indy, which I'm stunned he didn't go to Indy because I just assumed Robin was calling all the shots. And if she was like, yo, we're going to Indy, he's going to Indy. So maybe that extra maybe that extra money was the determining factor. I'm sure it probably was. But if the question is, did Danny Ainge make a mistake if that was an offer? I think the answer is very obvious. Yes. Uh, you're basically talking about you could have Miles Turner and Doug McDermott or Tristan Thompson and uh, a TPE that you may or may not use, right? So for all the fans and for all the Celtics reporters who were saying, Miles Turner's not even any good. He stinks. Like, here, Tristan Thompson and the TPE is way better than Miles Turner. I just hope that you guys take a freaking lap because – you're wrong. You're wrong, and you're so quick to defend Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens and Celtics this, Celtics that, and you want to poo-poo the fans who see a good player in Miles Turner, see what he's capable of being a stretch big who's young and on a pretty good contract, of which I heard many times was untradeable. You're going to sit there and tell me right now, Bobby, that Miles Turner's contract is untradeable? I don't think so. So it's very funny how quickly the narrative can change on a guy like Miles Turner, who would most assuredly be starting for you and playing a hell of a lot better than Tristan Thompson would. So for everybody who wants to go back into the archives, 
pull up your tweets and your snarky comments on Miles Turner and Tristan Thompson and Danny Ainge and people who, you know, think that Miles Turner's a good player. I hope you do. And I hope you do a few push-ups tonight. I want 17. I want 27. I want 30. 17 points, 10 rebounds, 3 blocks. That's 30 push-ups for every single one of you people who are poo-pooing the idea of getting Miles Turner. And Doug McDermott, who, by the way, last I checked, you need a backup wing too, right? So does he not fill that role? Yeah, I think he does. So sure let's does. just not even ask the question anymore of whether or not this was a mistake, if it was an option, because 110% it was a mistake. All right. You make a good case, Jimmy. Mic drop. I think it's time. Ether. Here we go. For all the people that wait an hour 15, you get what you deserve here. There's no way I can hold out on any anymore. And there's a couple Let's of points. Go. There's a couple of points I'll make ahead of it, but you're right, Jimmy. Having Miles Turner and Doug McDermott is better than having a $28 million nothing that needs to be packaged with other things. And let's just face it, the Celtics haven't defended the paint at all this year. Turner's as good as it gets at that. He's He might win Defensive Player of the Year, which is a status award. So a guy like Turner winning that is no joke. So his production's been through the roof. He irks me with certain things he does, but there are other plays where he's at the top of the offense and can dribble downhill, get to the rim, and lead possessions in a way that would get the ball popping a little bit with this team. I don't like his three-point shot. It's only 32%, but it's better than nothing. Would he be blocking Rob a little bit? Maybe, but... Brad sorted that out with Thompson. And let's face it, I've liked Thompson, but he's been miles and miles better than Thompson has. And on a night like this, rebounding's his weakness, but he had a strong rebounding night here. So would he have been the perfect big? Would he have solved Bam? Would he have solved Embiid? All those different things. Who knows? But he's playing fantastic this year. He looks like he does things that the Celtics need. And on top of it all, you could flip him later. He's more tradable than it seems, than it seemed at the time, which was an argument I made then. Even at $18 million, you would rather have Miles Turner and Doug McDermott, who wouldn't be a forward-facing trade option, but would be helping this team right now as a wing. There you have it, Jimmy. They should have done the deal. And when Danny Ainge says there were things we could have done, I think this is what he's talking about. So there you have it. There's no- yeah. John missed the good I love one. it. That was a good apology. John's going to be upset that he missed it, but I'm sure he's going to be watching it back. Again, um, I, I expected a lot more from Thompson. Thompson's defense has disappointed me to a point where you have a bad defender at center right now versus the defensive player of the year at center. I mean, that's just undeniable. You would pay $9 million more for the defensive player of the year. John's definitely going to point out that, that you mentioned how you don't like how he shoots threes, though. <laughs> I don't. I mean, come on. You saw it again tonight. He hit him early, missed him late, missed the free throws in the crunch, crunch time. I have my gripes about him, but he's young. He's not He's not 28 million. 18 is pretty high, but it's fine. Like, he's worth it. It's and he's, nothing in today's He's got day. upside. Yeah, and we, we talked about, like, the possibility of him improving here in this system, which was certainly a possibility. And now it's gone. You know, he's... He's improved so much this year that the pace is probably just going to keep him. Right. And the other thing that I, I, I forgot to mention is like one of the reasons, didn't the Celtics bring in Brad Stevens so that he, he I mean, he could fix a player or help improve a player just like this. I mean, if you don't have faith that uh, a young 
player like Miles Turner, if you had issues with him at age 24 or 25, however old he is, I don't know exactly. I know he's young. Let's put it that way. I mean, he's got plenty of time to evolve as a player and as a person. And sometimes just a change of scenery can do wonders for a person. So for everybody that was just writing off this guy because of how he played last season or the season prior in Indy, that's just crazy to me. I mean, you got to give him, you got to give him another chance with another coach and another system and other players around him and then make your judgment. So I just thought at the time of that all happening, it's like, why are we so quick to say that, Oh, you know, the Celtics made the right move. You know, they did the right thing. You know, trust me, Tristan Thompson and TPE is worth more than, than miles Turner would have been. It's like, hold up. No, actually you're, you're very wrong. And it's okay. Like it's, it's okay to admit when the Celtics may have screwed up. You don't have to, I'm not talking about you, Bobby, I'm just in general, people are so quick to defend, defend, defend the team or the organization or whatever. It's like, it's okay to criticize or to question something because it doesn't always, they don't always do the right thing. Your favorite team does not always do the right thing. Yeah, so. it was a mistake. And I, I listen now if and we was, have a debate. If it was, I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't, it was on the table and he said no, but theoretically, you know, hypothetically, it would have been a mistake. You would rather, as I listen to you say, just wait on a deal, and I listen to Danny and Wick echo that, I would much rather have Turner and McDermott as pieces producing right now that you could use as flexibility later. And the yeah. Celtics would undoubtedly be in a much better place right now with Turner as their starting center and McDermott available on the wing. Like, there's just there's no doubt about him. We wouldn't even have to be throwing around all these trade ideas right now. So... All in all, it's just a much better thing. Even if those guys didn't become amazing players here, they'd be filling gaps that they desperately need. And this would overall just be a much better team. Uh, so, yeah. Turner, there you go. Sad. Defensive player Sad. of the year. <laughs> Good apology. Apology cam is done. So and we got a couple no more Pacers Celtics games this year. So, is that what's, it? Yeah. Maybe in the playoffs. Who knows? I'll tell you what. Since we won't talk about the Pacers for a while, I got to say, Sabonis, man. This was your team, Jimmy. You were hyping them up. This was my team, my preseason team. I said they had a better roster than the Celtics. I got a lot of heat for that. I mean, geez, if they didn't lose Warren, I mean, this is a team that does have a better roster than the Celtics. I mean, they've traded Oladipo. They've they've changed a little bit, but, man, they've got a good team, man. I mean, Warren's been out this whole time for them, and he was like their guy in in the bubble. So... They're fun. And so bonus. Karis Levert. They picked up Levert for Oladipo. Great trade. Levert. I mean, who's hurt? Like, what is it? Did he even play? I don't think he even suited up. They found found a cancer on his kidney in the trade physical. Right. He had surgery to remove it. Right. I mean, it's a blessing. Which is is insane because if he didn't get traded, God forbid, they would have. They would have never known. Crazy. And they kept him. They could have went back in that whole deal, but you know, you know, we're gonna ride, we're gonna ride with this dude. So that's yeah, he's that. coming back soon. They knew it was treatable and all that, so they just yeah. said, yeah, we'll keep him. Yeah, hard I mean, to and, call like, yo, I'm still going to Brooklyn though, right? Yeah, <laughs> and he's a great player for them. So I mean, they're gonna get better. But Sabonis, man, he's like a polished veteran already. I mean, his dad is our Vita Sabonis, so what do you expect, right? But and he's an all star now. They named him to the team. He gets his million bucks. Deserving. And his oh. low post moves, like man, he's just. I mean. You want to talk about Rob Williams? I mean, he he you know he worked Rob Williams. So I mean, there's certainly you know we talk about Rob Williams, but there's certainly a lot of room for growth for Rob Williams. When you look at a guy like Sabonis at such a young age and like the stuff that he's already doing, I mean, his passing as a big man, it's not a surprise because Arvidas Sabonis 
was an absolute savage on the Trailblazers, one of the best European basketball players of all time. Um, and he so came here late. Yet. That wasn't even his prime. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This guy's uh, is he the most underrated player in the league? He probably is. Sabonis. Right yeah. Now? He's up there because he's in Indy, so he's kind of buried in you know uh, a low. Um, who's who's the most underrated player right now, Josue? I don't know. That's funny. I was just thinking about it. I feel like it changes every couple of years, right? A couple of years ago, it was Jokic, but now the secret's out, right? Conley <laughs> was kind of that guy for a little while. Then he got hyped up, big money. Booker was, you know, those first couple of years in Phoenix. Booker's you know. a beast. Now, I now, to- uh, but now he finally got in, so. That's a good question. Yeah, I, you know what? I think that's that's fitting. I think that 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 label fits him for this for, for this season at least. But the yeah. but the secrets out. This I think the secrets still are coming out on him too, right? I mean, yeah. They, if they make a bigger playoff run this year, if they really their hump has been the Celtics. The Celtics just keep beating them in the playoffs. So maybe they'll have a chance to meet again this year, and Indy will get a chance to really hammer home the fact that they didn't do that trade. I, I think that's good for tonight, guys. Ainge said some stuff yesterday, but I don't think it's worth hashing out. It was a lot of the same stuff. No, man, we got a lot in. This is good. Yep. So we got Sunday. It's Celtics Wizards. I want to say it's a night game, Josue. Yes. Are you serious? Are we gonna do Wizards again? Yep. So- there we go. Another under five hundred team that <laughs> the Celtics hot. would try to They're break that hot, streak. They? Yeah, they are closing in on a playoff race, and in fact. Yesterday, before the Celtics got this win, Boston was only one game above Washington that. in the loss column. So they were one game from falling to 13 from nine. There's six out of their last that's seven. That's it. That's it, Jimmy. This was supposed to be the uh, the, the easy part, right? Because after this, jeez, yeah. Clippers, Raptors, Nets, Rockets, Jazz. Nine games the, in 14 days. Raptors are on fire. These games, these go a long way for the Celtics, not only, uh, you know, in the standings now, because we have to keep a close eye on the standings because they want to fall under 500, uh, you know, but also heading into the all-star break. I mean, I, I think it's really important, that momentum, just to, to be at a, a, a certain space mentally and obviously uh, physically in the standings. We want to see the Celtics team, you know, 500 or maybe maybe one game over 500 before the All-Star break, which would be a really, really good thing for this team because you look at the schedule, I mean, if they if they split the next four games, I'd, I'd be impressed, honestly. Hey, win out at home. Why not? The 9-5 and five at home, the Wizards are beatable. They've smoked the Raptors twice. And who's the other team in this final stretch? Nets. No, Ooh. the Nets is after the break. So is oh, it just too – Sorry, yeah, I don't know Clippers and Raptors. Oh, oh, Clippers! I mean, they beat the Clippers too in LA. So these are all teams they've beaten, besides the yeah. Wizards, of course. <laughs> but um, well, Wizards, just, you know what? That's not too bad then. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I thought the Brooklyn game was right before the break. That's right after the break. Okay. Yeah, they go to Brooklyn. So oh. six Wizards have won six of seven. Of course, smoked the Celtics two Sundays ago, so they'll get a chance to bounce back on that this time. Bradley Beal. All the different things, Russell Westbrook, that they throw at you. Did you guys see the ending of Wizards Nuggets last night? I did, yes. Yeah. Oh, what, what a joke. So, so Jimmy, they had a fast break. There was like five seconds left. They're down two. They get a four-on-one fast break going the other way. Jamal Murray's on the ball. There's one Wizard defending. And Murray stops at the three-point line. All three of his teammates are lined up at the three-point line waiting to catch and shoot a three. They're down two. There's a wide open lane to the basket for all three of those guys. And Murray just Murray just whips it to the guy Campuzo, 
who completely bricks a three and they lose. <laughs> Poor Campuzo, he's actually a beast. Yeah. Yo, I'm, I, I honestly, I, I felt, I never felt more like a boomer in my life. I was like, go to the rim. Oh my go. God. All three guys are lined up ready to catch and shoot the three. Bro, I had a flashback from my head, high school head coach. Like, are you kidding me? Like nowadays, uh, it's insane. Like the way, the way basketball, the approach now, like to pull up at the three point arc with no one in front of you, that was unheard of growing up. Like, you would get benched so fast. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> oh, yeah. So fast that no one would talk to you for the rest of the night. And, and then you had to run extra suicides in front of the entire team for that freaking ridiculous movie you, you did, you know? Like, th that's the way it was, you know? Yeah, and, and, and so their coach said, like, that's not what we want to do there. But you're right, Josue. Like, it's a mentality that this is what we do when we're in transition, even if there's two seconds left. And we yeah, by two. It doesn't even matter the score, the time. None of that matters. Like, no, it's just open three-point shooters. Get it to them. Like, it's like, no, but that's a higher percentage shot. You know, the two-footer, the layup is, is better. Michael Porter, Campuzo, and uh, Monte Morris are the Monte guys Morris. just, yeah, waiting yeah, for that I three. <laughs> Millsap nope. should be screaming. Millsap better be. I hope he screamed at him the next day. At least that didn't happen in the Celtics over this last week. So, Wizards, Celtics, we'll see you on Sunday. Big, what do you got, Jimmy? I'm just looking at some scores tonight. Big win for the Heat tonight over the Jazz. I mean, watch yeah. out for the Heat. The he Heat beat the Raptors, too. They're both bouncing back. The Heat are are no, are no not the Heat from the beginning of the season. They're, they are, like, healthy again, and Butler and Bam are doing their thing. I mean, they're just ripped off five wins here. They're going to probably win – the next, Hopefully we can say the same thing about the Celtics. Hopefully. They might go into the All-Star break on an eight-game winning streak. They have two against the Hawks and then one against the Pelicans. I mean, well, they're Jimmy, – Jimmy's been back uh, – Butler, right? Butler's been back for yeah, a couple he, weeks. Yeah, I mean – yeah, he's he's definitely <laughs> definitely back. I mean, he had 33 yeah. points tonight. Suns keep so, winning. Clippers win. I was saying, like, when you look at that East – that East is, is wide open, but there, there's a lot of competition in that East right now. And the Celtics are – Are Hornets you. on ESPN for once? I mean, <laughs> that's a team right now that should be on national TV a lot more than they are because they are fun to watch. The Hornets are they're, – they're one of the most – because of Rozier, man. I love how I love how quiet Jordan's been, right? Remember he used to go to the games, he used to do like – it's almost like he's like, okay, things are going well. I'm just going to take a step back here. Hey, shout out to him. I mean, they're only 15 and 16, but it's better than last year, and they are just so I'm damn not, fun. Well, that's not the thing. I'm not jinxing it this time, guys. I got a lot of money on this. <laughs> on what? No, I'm saying no, Jordan, like, Jordan. Jordan, Jordan. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Oh, for sure. I'm a lot of money on these players. This is it, guys. This is it. Well, mellow ball. It's a crazy thing about, like, the whole Hayward thing is, well. like, when he went, when he chose Charlotte, everyone was like, well, he just, you know, he'll fade into, you know, you know, oblivion. You know, he's going to play in an organization that doesn't matter on a team that sucks and blah, blah, blah. Get, take your money, blah, blah, blah. But it's like maybe, like, like they actually have, like, a good something going there. Like, we just you just talked about it, LaMelo Ball. Yeah. You want to talk about apology cam? I'm not going to go on one because I never had, like, a hot take on him. But I just did not believe in LaMelo Ball at all. I just did not think that he was going to translate to the NBA. I was like, this guy's all show. You know, he's not going to play defense. He just wants to hit, like, the half-court shot. And he's like a poor man's Damian Lillard or something like that, right? But, yeah. dude, he's coming on, like, I mean, this dude, this dude's, he's a megastar. Like, 
the crazy mm. thing about rookies or like him for example like if you go on his social media let me go on his social media account you got for one sec i just want to see how many instagram followers he have because like the crazy oh, thing the crazy thing, the crazy thing about like these these rookies or these these athletes these days he probably had millions at 14. 6.5 million followers on instagram instagram account like it's like th these kids are these kids are like Hollywood megastars already and like they I just feel like they've got so much extra pressure or like I don't know it's like so much more on them than back in the day when you were just like a rookie coming into the league and like that was kind of it but like I mean forget the rookies coming in Jimmy there was a recruit for Syracuse for 2022 Dior Johnson he was like a top five recruit that we had signed and this guy already has tens and tens of thousands of followers. His videos on YouTube have hundreds of thousands. Uh, like he's got like a whole cult following of just like not only like his peers, but just like million like millions of fans online who just like watch him. Whether it's his mixtape or some of these young guys like Sharif Cooper at Auburn have like documentary things like right. coming out of high school. So like it, it is insane. So you wonder like is the uh, is this guy like have his head on his shoulders or is he all like just about like the fame or is it has already gotten to his head does he want to put the work in or is he entitled so like with Lamelo, i was like man this kid's just like he's gonna have he's in for a rude awakening but like no nah, he's playing well well the game's the real Much deal well. yeah his game yeah. is pristine and he's a ball mover so guys are gonna love playing with him like he he's not jacking shots he's just dishing the ball around to all his teammates and the veterans there so they're happy about that right. but yeah they're a ton of fun to watch it just Every single year, the league bets on certain teams. Like the Celtics are on national TV every day. No one wants to watch them right now. Now the Pelicans last two years, they've been kind of underwhelming. And you end up in a scenario where you have a team like the Hornets, who are never on national TV. The Raptors are never on national TV for different reasons. And the league kind of gets screwed. Like, remember the Terry Rozier game winner? Someone had tweeted out that night. They were like, damn, the Celtics are on national TV tonight doing this. And they're over there winning the yeah. game. On he three. had like... 20 points in the fourth quarter and including the game winner see the nfl throws a lot of that stuff around and mixes things up and changes national tv games that's probably something the nba is gonna have to look at into the future being oh, a little more flexing, flexible yeah. yeah flexing stuff yeah they, they definitely should what was i gonna say i was gonna say one other thing but well while you oh, uh, i was oh, gonna go say i was just gonna say i'll just keep wrapping up the ball thing lavar ball gets a lot of shit rightfully so but at the end of the day, I mean, was he right? He did a pretty damn good job, right? I mean, Lamelo, Lonzo, Langelo is doing whatever he's doing. But the, the bottom line is, I mean, <laughs> yeah, we don't talk is, about him. yeah, we don't we don't mention the the yeah the middle child there. But uh, I mean, he raised three freaking ballers. I mean, two of them are going to be in the NBA for years and years to come. And I'm sure he's like the most annoying dad in the world. It sounds it, it you get that vibe that Lonzo's like just like all right dad like just like back back yeah. away like get out of my you're bothering me like you're embarrassing me like go away you get that vibe but like at the end of the day like i mean you kind of got to tip your hat to him like you did what they're both they, fantastic they all players with, yeah they're great players and yeah. honestly like they seem like good dudes too i mean i don't know them personally but i have no reason they to believe seem like them. way nicer than than their dad right <laughs> yeah yeah so, pretty much yeah, they probably the, spend their entire childhood just like apologizing for their dad, so they're probably pretty nice guys. Their yeah. dad, was, their dad was the marketer, because honestly, those two, right. like Melo's part of the AAU program, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Melo right. had a game that, like, a, a game that visually spoke to people. There's only but, one, there's only one Melo, bro. 
Yeah, he's yeah. a man of he's a man Art of few Mello. words. Yeah, Lonzo's you know very very quiet. His game's flashy, Lonzo's but none, really ne- quiet. Neither of those guys were going to ramp up a bunch of noise and fanfare around themselves. So right, and maybe leave, his it, dad, leave like, it to dad. And like, yeah, <laughs> like, like, maybe his, like three times ever. Dad took some took took the heat probably and like took the distractions away from the players maybe a little bit, but also like kept them in the limelight a little. So no, I he think created now, some distractions, but yeah, maybe. he definitely created. Some. Know. It's the marketing. It was the marketing. Yeah, I, I think he. I'm not going to give parenting tips here because I'm not a parent, but like I guess now he probably needs to just like sort of like let them do their thing now. It's like you 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 did your job, Dad. Like you you know you did it. Yeah. Like you should just like sit back and enjoy now, kind of like. But he but he has though, and I, I think that's a good yeah. thing because I didn't I didn't expect that at all. I thought he did he, it first though. I thought he would. I thought he was here to stay. You know, for at least the first few years. Yeah. But I think. I, I think well, the, the media Lakers, was like letting him too. I think the Lakers got to him. They they they. The they, Lakers and LeBron. Once LeBron, yeah, LeBron came, it was like, oh, that's, that's it, that's it. We're done with this. Like, no more distractions. <laughs> well, LeBron was like, see Alonzo. Do you yeah. remember when the conversation came up like months before it even happened about you know how hey your son is a is a key asset for this team you know as they're in this throughout this rebuilding process oh they would never trade my son and, well after yeah. the trade happened <laughs> that's when like he sort of disappeared right you just didn't see much of him even yeah. though he was disappearing before that it was little by little. But then it was just like he completely was just like, okay, my son has to really focus right now because he's not in LA anymore. It's not about marketing anymore. Like he's made it. That's it. Yeah. Right. Lonzo ended up with the tough entry into the league, going to LA and having the Lakers stuff and all that. And now he's moved on to less scrutiny in New Orleans. Unfortunately for Lamelo. Yeah, for Lamelo. What were some of the options he could have gone to? Number one was Minnesota. Uh, number two was Golden State. So again, Minnesota would have been pretty low key too, but Golden State yeah. it would have been. You know that would have been they something. They didn't need him. They yeah, so there, so he goes yeah. to Charlotte, and no one watches him, and there's no there's no fanfare around him at all. You know, outside some highlights and all that stuff. So it's a good place to get started. Um, yeah. Marigold Medical. We'll shut him up quick. Marigoldmedical.com. Yes, medical. Where Cedric Maxwell got his stem cell therapy, his knee therapy, and he's going to be balling again soon. He's making a comeback, Joe <laughs> I mean, he won't get out on the hey. court. I'm trying to get him out and just do some some sprints or something, you know. Yeah. Maybe a little clinic. CLNS, CLNS pickup game. Maybe a little CLNS. Yeah, a little game. CLNS tournament. The three on three. Okay. Um, um, Max will be the one down the court with the mic in his hand, you know, commenting. <laughs> New Cedric Maxwell with Mark Stein is out now. We put that out today. Streamed yes, right before the game. So check out that conversation. Talking nice. Luka Doncic versus Larry Bird. Uh, we oh. have Celtics beat with Gary Washburn going off on Danny Ainge. I heard I that was a really good episode. I'm going to listen to that. Oh, tomorrow. it was scathing. I mean, Adam oh, just had Washburn. to be like. The wash the, 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 the wash campaign is legit, man. He's, he's, he's like, baby. I don't want to call it a smear campaign. I don't want to call it something else. I'm <laughs> gonna think of, he's, just, he's just on his soapbox right now. Oh, my God. It's, all, it's the car wash. All Adam <laughs> had to say was, hey, what's up, Gary? And Gary was just like. Danny ain't the problem. <laughs> oh, with Evan too? Because Evan will, Evan will egg somebody on. Like, Evan, oh, oh man. No, I mean, Adam didn't better. have to say anything. Adam was just like, hey, welcome Gary Washburn. Gary was like, Danny's the problem. They've tuned Brad, Brad out. <laughs> Damn. Well, I'll say this about, about G-Dub, my guy. I miss him. But he, no, calls right? it like, he calls it like he sees it, man. He's, hey. one of the, he's one of the guys that 
is like he'll, he'll hold the team accountable more than like almost anybody else. So and not a, that's not a knock on anybody. It's just that's just yeah. like what what he does. Like and he has so. to show up. Yeah, like you know, a lot of people are separated. Like you know, people on the radio here and they don't have to go see everybody the next day. Washburn, you know, he he says that stuff, and then he's there next day asking those same questions. So he's definitely a guy I respect on that beat. Yeah, definitely. He's my favorite for sure. And he's from Oakland, so you don't mess with the guy. You don't mess with the guy. Yeah, he's a West Coast cat. Yeah, yeah, West Coast guy. They don't play around, man. He's been in Boston long enough, but he's still, you know, that West Coast is. is, I I see that. He's still got those connections, man. (laughs) All right, we will see you guys on Sunday. Celtics, Wizards, we only have a couple more games till that break, so stay tuned with us. Subscribe to the Garden Report and the Celtics post-game show to hear all of these post-game shows in Audible, you know, on-demand format the next day. And John Zanis, your favorite, will be back on Sunday. We missed him. Ooh, um, we'll be raring to go. Anymore. We can't do the split screen no more. That's hey. fine by me. I like this one. Right. This one's better. Not Good night, everybody. One.